Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I chat with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For today's program, I am sharing a conversation I recently had with Sam Sar, the Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue. I am speaking with founding members. Jordan Turgut. My name is Colleen Leone. I'm Jerry Simmons. All right. Well, you know, what better place to get started than at the beginning? And so to my understanding, Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue formed uh, a little over a decade ago. And you mentioned you're all founding members. So will you take me back to what prompted the formation of your organization? So we were originally with the Pima County Sheriff's Mounted Search and Rescue. And we had over time realized that we were not up to the standard of search and rescue that was brought down by a new sergeant. So we did some soul searching and figured out if we can't fix this, we're going to have to do our own thing. So we did our own thing. So can you tell me a bit about just as basic as you get what Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue is as an organization. We are an all-mounted unit and we all have horses and tra trucks and trailers and we do a garage training that we do. And we go out and we support the ground units, Southern Arizona Rescue Association, are, they are colleagues of ours and we support them. And we will uh, do search and rescue as far as uh, line searches, search for injured patients. A lot of what we do is carry equipment in the field and out of the field, and our biggest and, and job is carrying injured patients out of the field on our horses. Who calls SAMSAR in for a rescue situation? Do you get that? Are you called in by the Pima County? or How it happens is an uh, injured person or someone's out there lost, they call 911. Mm -hmm. 911 will then determine where that call goes to, and it'll go to the search and rescue deputies. So the deputies will get the information and do their preliminary investigations, where they're at, what's the injury, what's going on, and then they will decide what resources will be deployed, um, wh whether that be horses, dogs, ground pounders, um, Southern Arizona Rescue Association. We all have a rendezvous that we meet at, and uh, we get briefed on what the injury or the search is about. And then we get our jobs and our assigned our jobs and we go. You mentioned how a big part of what you do is finding injured people and bringing them out of the situation. So are your members uh, trained in emergency medical response? So, yes, we had uh, actually Jerry put together a curriculum called Outdoor First Care. It was a expanded version and that's been pretty much our standard. And so we are now looking at ways to actually improve upon that. We will have some basic first aid. The training covers anything from horsemanship to medical assessments to radio communications. It's, it's very extensive. It covers all the aspects involved in an active mission or rescue. Could you d tell me about current or recent times that uh, SAMSAR has been called out uh, in response to a situation? Sure. <laughs> we recently, probably about a month ago, we were called to Madrona, which is the backside of the Rincons. Mm -hmm. And it was a hiker that flew in on a Wednesday with other hikers, and they were hike-throughs. I guess what they do is they just, they'll park the car at one spot and another person will park their car at their destination, and then they just hike up over the mountain and then, you know, from one car to the next. 
so they spend the nights and, and camp out. Well, this lady um, got in, and, and uh, she was ill-prepared this time, and uh, she had hip problems. She had medicine issues. Uh, she just couldn't make it anymore. She got uh, heat, heat sick, oh, gosh. and so she couldn't go out anymore. So SAMSAR was deployed, and, and so we rode up the mountain and with uh, some of the Sarah rescuers. They were already there. They're, hasty, they're the hasty team. It takes us a little longer to get mm-hmm. there because we have horses and trucks and trailers and gear that we have to get together. Even though the, the patient is assessed medically by the Sarah group and stabilized, we get off our horses. We go over and talk to them because I want to see them. I want to make sure that, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, check them out myself. Have them stand up. Make sure that, you know, once they stand up, because they've been sitting for a while, make sure when they do stand up that they don't feel like they're going to pass out or anything. I, I brief them on how to ride the horse. I introduce my horse to them and tell them, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is what we're going to do how I want you to hold yourself and, and, you know, let me know if you, you know, are in any danger or feel like you're going to fall off or you're going to be sick or whatever. And, and we did all of that probably took about 20 minutes and we got her mounted on the horse. There's about five Sarah people that helped mm-hmm. her get up on the horse, adjusted the stirrups and we started out and it, we started in the daylight and ended up in the nighttime. Wow. It was, a, I think it was about a four mile hike out. On the Sarah? S-A-R-A, mm-hmm. it's Southern Arizona Rescue Association, and there's five divisions, okay? Okay. And so the one she's referring to is the ground pounders. We love them. We, with all the respect in the world, call them ground pounders because mm-hmm. they're the greatest thing that ever hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Mountain goats. And But that's for the listeners of this program. It's, that's what I wanted to get out. Okay. So what, one of the really interesting things about horses and mules and mm-hmm. rescue, right? So when you're on trail and you're sitting in the saddle, if you're on a search, your field of vision starts at about eight to nine feet off the ground. So you, you have a much bigger global perspective mm-hmm. of what you can see. The other thing is <clears throat> on a hayseed team, horses move out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So on the flats, we, if it's a gated horse or whatever, you're probably doing three, three and a half miles an hour, which is faster than people do. So as a resource, we can see a lot better. We can get there a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Plus we have payload, right? So we can bring in medical supplies or technical rescue equipment. So that's what makes us unique. You had mentioned horses and mules. So do you currently have mule teams that they use? Or Yep, Jerry's got a mule. He got three. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> He's our only mule owner right now. Yeah, I went from a saddlebred to mules. Uh, one thing I like about the mule over the saddlebred is the mule can carry more weight than a horse can because the design, they have a fused backbone, okay? And that's that's a plus when you get into the oversized loads that we're, sometimes we have to carry out. But, yeah, and they're very, very conscious of where they walk. They're not going to hurt themselves. They're yeah. not stubborn. They're just not going to hurt themselves, and they don't care what you do. So it, it, we try to keep it uh, in perspective that way. The radar that they've got for two years also comes in very handy. But uh, overall, the horses, uh, they go through training just like mm-hmm. people do. Uh, we train together with our horses because, or, or in mules because you're only 50%. I'm only 50% of my team. Mm. The mule is the other 50 and sometimes you wonder which one's a mule, which one's a human. <laughs> but that's the way it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, I think of, like, you know, at the Grand Canyon, because it's like mule rides there. So definitely, There's definitely. not enough money in this world to get me on the back of a mule going down the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I'll 
tell you that right now. All right. I close my eyes when he gets that that high. <laughs> so every, even you have have some some limits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, I kind of want to expand more on the different horses. I will admit, I don't know a whole lot about horses. I don't know that much difference in breeds. I do know like Clydesdales are really big and that Black Beauty was a quarter horse in the book. Um, but are there specific breeds of horses that are better for this line of work and use? You say yes, I say no. I mean, I think so. I, I had a Mustang and they're just pretty much bulletproof. They're rock hounds. They're never sick. At least mine wasn't. <laughs> The quarter horses, they're bulkier, beefier, stronger. I would say there there is a difference because if you come out with a really small horse, they might not be able to take the terrain or any kind of load coming in or out. So I think it's a durability question. Temperament. Temperament is key. Okay. Yep. Temperament is key. You need a, a nice, calm horse because when you're out there, you're on a small trail, the equipment that gets handed to us. We do a lot of training. In fact, we had training this last weekend with our um, Southern Arizona Rescue Sarah mm -hmm. people. They had new candidates for a couple of years, yellow shirts they call them, and we work with them and teach them general behavior around SAR equipment, or SAR equine, I should mm -hmm. say, um, how to safely load a patient on the horse's back and how to safely hand, hand us equipment and retrieve equipment from us. And temperament is key because you can have, you know, I mean, Mustangs are awesome and calm and they're wonderful, and then you could have one that just, you know, mm -hmm. will blow up or, you know, uh, <laughs> but you want, you know, a really calm horse. An animal, whether it be a horse or a mule, anything we use in search and rescue, and during our training, we try to explain it to the people that we're working with. Like mo most, I mean, we do training for the fire department, mm -hmm. uh, sheriff's department. Everybody that's going out, it, we may run across on trail, we try to train. And the one thing that uh, George proved at uh, my place while we was training is a horse and a mule, they're not an ATV. You just don't turn the key off and those stinkers quit moving because they they have a mind of their own. They are an animal, and they can get you in trouble or out of trouble, just depending mm -hmm. on entirely what whether they're having a bad hair day or not. Let's put it that way. Where are you going with this, Jerry? <laughs> So how many members do you currently have in uh, the Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue Team? We have approximately 12. I'm kind of curious, how does it work necessarily? Do certain people stay on call or how um, do you decide like who responds? We're on call 24-7 okay. and because we're all volunteers, it's, you know, who can do it at the time um, because someone, you know, may be out of town for, for mm -hmm. the day or someone's, you know, at the doctor's or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it just it's who can respond from what I understand you are looking to add some more members to your team and so I would like to get into kind of who you are looking for and what are some of the requirements like are there age restrictions because I imagine you probably don't want you know a 15 year old going out on a search and rescue or so I think our minimum age is 18 mm -hmm. the kind of people that we're looking for we like people that have some medical experience. Mm -hmm. We like military. We like law enforcement. They're disciplined. They understand protocol. They understand the chain of command. When we look at people, um, riding the horse is important, but it's in between the person's ears that's really important. Mm -hmm. So are you doing this because you want to brag to your friends, or are you doing this because you want to make an impact to the community? Are you going to be a good team player? Can you 
handle criticism? Can you be taught anything? Mm-hmm. And we came from another organization, and this one's pretty simple. It's really hard to get in, and it's really easy to get you out of. Tell me a bit of what your, because you've brought up training multiple times, and so clearly that's a huge focus for your organization. Tell me about the training process itself. Like, say you have a new member, and they, where would you start them? Good question. <laughs> uh, the first thing that we do is we invite them uh, to, a, to a meeting, mm-hmm. and we introduce ourselves, talk to them, find out what their experiences are. And then each member is responsible for going out on a ride with this with this new person, this new candidate, because we, you know, we want to know that you've got my back and I've got yours. Mm-hmm. We want to know what kind of a rider you are. So we kind of test them out in that way. Um, and then once we all kind of, you know, get to ride with them, then they come back to a meeting and we kind of start cussing and discussing. We, you know, send them out of the meeting and we talk to them or talk mm-hmm. about them and, and what each member felt about them and how what their strengths and weaknesses are. And then we bring them back. We vote. Mm-hmm. And if they're in, then we go ahead and invite them into membership. Then the, the training starts. Um, then the training will be CPR for the professional. We have outdoor first care training that we do. We have They have to pass their NIMS, National Incident Management Systems, okay. 100 and 700. Then there's GPS training. Uh, then there is radio. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, ham radio training that they have to go through. And then we, you know, as we're riding, we're working with them. We're training all the time. Every time I ride, I'm training my horse, whether it's a, a fun ride or, or not. It's in training. But we do, you know, watch them as a team. We want to make sure that they're a good team. And the horse may, like, I have a horse right now that um, he's carried out 100 people, mm-hmm. okay, out of the field. He's good for that. But he has separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he doesn't want a horse, another horse to get too far away. So, but does that make him a bad horse? No, it just means that I don't use him for a line search. Mm-hmm. You know, as handlers, we have to know our horses. We have to know what they're, what they can do, what, um, what their weaknesses and strengths are, and we don't push them. Period. If your horse will not do something, then that's fine. Don't push it. You are listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and I'm sharing my recent conversation with founding members of SAMSAR, Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue, who are looking to add more members to their team. I'm joined by Colleen Leone, George Hergett, and Jerry Simmons. And so just for clarity for people, folks who are listening, to be a member of SAMSAR, you need to have your own horse. You're not going to be provided with a horse or a mule. Own horse, own uh, truck and trailer. You have to have okay. your own vehicle, own trailer. And so this is, it's, this is in a way, a, an investment. You, it, not to be taken super, mm-hmm. you can't be taken lightheartedly. You can't just be like, I think I'm going to try and do this for a while. Because uh, yeah. from what I understand, there are um, items and things that the individuals need to invest in on their own. Can you tell me a bit about that? So in terms of equipment, that's pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are certain saddles that, we like and we don't like um, if you have like for example an australian endurance saddle it doesn't have a pommel or a saddle horn on it we like pommels and saddle horns because you can put gear on it and you can hold on to it to the patient so most people that are active in the horse community probably have a lot mm-hmm. of what they're going to need and whatever they don't have we can coach them we actually get people an equipment list we'll actually check out your equipment so if your truck is running around blowing smoke on three wheels, we're going to have a conversation. If you got, if we open up the horse trailer and we can see the road, we're going to have a conversation. So it's all about safety. Absolutely. And to, to add what George says is that, you know, once the, we're called to respond, we're covered by the state insurance. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that we're putting a safe 
product out there. Mm-hmm. You know, horse safe, equipment safe, truck and trailer safe. We don't need any accidents while we're out there. And because we, we're a big liability mm-hmm. to the sheriff's department. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you're responding to and an already, you know, could be risky situation or, you know, somewhere where someone's already injured and you don't want to add more to right. an already rough situation. That's correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> You've stated that, uh, you know, Samsar is not a riding club. You know, I saw that on your Facebook. Uh, and uh, so I would like to hear a bit more about just kind of what you want the community to know about SAMSAR. We are an all-volunteer mounted unit. We respond to the Sheriff's Department typically through 911 calls. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a very specialized unit. We train together. We work out together. We do everything together. I've got to know that Colleen's horse is having a good day. At the training, um, my most reliable horse had a bad hair day, so I had to switch out in the middle of the training. So everybody knows that. We kind of understand the personality of the team member as well as the personality of the horse. So what we're looking for as we go out into the community, we're looking for people that want to get engaged. Mm -hmm. You got to like horses or mules, whatever. You got to have the time to put into it. So it is a time commitment. Mm -hmm. So... I would say it's a substantial and capital investment because a lot of that stuff you're already going to have. And then we do the rest. If we ride with you and you ride with us, we're going to have a lot of conversations on the trail. And like I said, we're going to check out everything, your horse and your equipment. We'll also make the decision. It has to be approved by everybody on the board. Thumbs up or thumbs down. There's not a whole lot of conversation because there's too much at risk. Mm So what I think makes SAMSAR unique, we are really good at doing what we call medical assessments. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we have the ability to have a conversation with a patient, we want to find ah. out as much as we can, mm-hmm. as quick as we can, and then put that into our thought process. Do we need more help? Is this going to evolve into a medical emergency? For example, heat stroke, right? Mm-hmm. So that seems to be the, the topic. You know, dehydration can go... F- to heat exhaustion, can go into heat stroke, could go into a body bag. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that serious. So on the medical side, we want to train our team members to just know what you don't know is our famous saying. So if we're going to assess a patient, we want to know what kind of medicine they're taking, what their medical history is, when was the last time that they ate anything, if they had any injuries in the past couple of years, what were they relative to what we're dealing with now is it the same thing or is it something different is it a complicated issue based on a medical history we have to know all this information and we also need to know that of our teammates as well yeah that's that's really important because it could be that you know um like this last weekend when we were doing the training um, my husband fell ill Mm. he was out there in the sun and he wasn't used to it he's on a certain medication that he um, recently started taking and um, he had to remove himself so we want to make sure that the teammates that we ride with, I need to know what I need to know. We don't need you to be the subject. Yeah. We're going to take care of a subject. So we need to know what, what medical history somebody else might have and what their needs might be. So we would, just to expand on that, we would also talk about the medical or the physical conditioning of the candidate, mm-hmm. right? So somebody that's in really good shape, we're not going to have a problem with someone that doesn't really take their own physical conditioning seriously is probably not going to get another conversation. Mm-hmm. And 
that goes right along with the, you've got to be able to get on and off your equine yeah. out in the middle of the desert. I mean, if you get off and you can't get back on, you need a ladder. That presents a problem. You know, we can throw you back up there if we have time, but that, that's putting too much at risk. Mm-hmm. We don't we we can't use the risk factor because we got a job to do when we go out. We enjoy doing our training. We have fun doing it. But when it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, which is search and rescue, then we get pretty serious about it. People's lives is serious business, you know. And In fact, yeah. we even have a what, T-shirt. Is it a T-shirt that says, we ride to save your hide? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that was coined years ago, and it's very appropriate. So, mm-hmm. you know, back to we're not a saddle club. We're really not. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're not a dating site. We're none of that. We're, we're a serious professional search and rescue unit. That's mm-hmm. what we are. Now that, you know, it's, we were talking earlier, it's getting warmer. Uh, do you find that you get more calls as it heats up and you heat? It's already <laughs> started. Yes. I think we had, what, three or four in the last month. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it's kind of interesting because we've been on call outs where, this happened on top of Pink Hill a couple of years ago. A family came in from Chicago. They were all excited to go to the desert. It was the middle of the summertime. They didn't even check into the hotel. They go right to the trailhead. It was about 107. Oof. You could see the road from where they were, mm-hmm. but they just flipped out. They just were really scared. We arrived on scene. Medically, they weren't too bad, but it wasn't going to take long before it got really bad. And we find out that they're holding on to their water. They didn't want to drink it. They didn't know oh, how long it was going to take. They panicked a little bit, and they were trying to. I'm sorry. The rule of thumb is when, because I go around, I, <clears throat> excuse me, talk to different schools and, and groups, is that you know when you're you take your water, and you should take you know what a liter per a person per hour, mm-hmm. and when half of your resource water resource is gone, turn around mm-hmm. because it took you that much water to get to where you were. You're going to need that and more because it's going to be hotter. So you need to turn around. Do you have some advice for people so that they don't need SAMSAR? I always teach and, and talk about if you know you're going to you know do a hike, you're, okay, hey, let's do a girlfriend hike this weekend. Let's mm-hmm. go up Seven Falls. Well, if you know that on Monday, then that means you need to start drinking water on Monday. A lot of people think that I take lots of water on that day, I'll be fine. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily true, especially now when it's dry. I mean, our, our humidity is down, our dew point's down. It gets really hot, so they need to start hydrating long before and then take plenty of water that day. Wear closed-toed shoes. A lot of people go with little, you know, tank tops on. Well, you know, yeah, everybody wants to get some sun, but when you're in the sun, your skin is heating up, you're drying out, you're losing um, valuable liquids. So cover that skin. At least put, and then at least put uh, sunscreen on, okay? Hats, sunglasses, lots of water, electrolytes. I think a lot of this is preparation and people just get, you know, the idea to go outside and do something. It's like on a whim. Yeah. You're like, oh, I feel right. like I'm going to go for a hike. Yeah. So the reality of it is, you know, if you're going to be out in the, in the element, especially when it's hot, activity without alcohol is not good. Mm-hmm. Caffeine is not really good. Anything that is a diuretic is not good. So, for example, for horses, a lot of times uh, when it gets to be over 100, I put electrolytes in their water. Mm-hmm. I drink more water, and and I've I've been through all the spectrums of heat exhaustion and heat strokes you can imagine. 
And it's not a, I, I, I myself have as well, and it's not a pleasant experience. I don't really wish that on anyone. <laughs> and one of the, one thing I missed was hike in the morning. Yes. Get your, get started 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Our butts are in the saddle by 6 a.m. Uh, when it gets really hot and we're done by 9. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, start your ride early or start your walk, your hike right early. early. Yeah. And we'll, we'll monitor our horses just like we'll monitor our teammates mm-hmm. and patients, right? So we have to worry about them being hydrated and staying hydrated. And if they start to get dehydrated, you know, we could possibly have an 1,100-pound sluggo on the trail. That's a big problem. You know, you get a horse out in the element and you put a load on them. That's pretty demanding. Mm-hmm. All of us ride at least once or twice a week, every week, no matter what the weather is. Mm-hmm. They're athletes and you got to keep them trained because if you're going to expect something out of your animal and you haven't prepared them, then you're the problem, not the horse. Mm-hmm. We do have a, a vet that uh, has come by uh, and she goes through animal care with us. As far as how to take care of them uh, during the hot weather, the same thing that we use for people. The vets tell us how to take care of the horses, and it, it makes all the difference in the world. It's extremely critical that the horse is in condition. You can have a beautiful horse, and we have some beautiful horses there. She has one that, uh, how long was she down? 13 months? He down? 13 uh, months? It will be 12 months on the 24th of the year. Right. Good-looking horse. Good-looking horse. But she couldn't use it for 12 months because of an injury. We do have some additional expenses that we bear on our own. Mm -hmm. The people who we're looking for, we're we're actually looking for some good members. The more of them that there are of us on a volunteer organization, the more relief we have. Mm -hmm. Because normally you'll have uh, two people as a team, Mm -hmm. two people as a team. And believe it or not, we can get a patient out of the field with two people. If you t- come out by the Stokes team, which is what is six to eight people on the Stokes? Depending on the trail. Yep. Yeah. And if trail like Sabino Canyon, you need about 20 so they can rotate off. Mm-hmm. Getting tired. I mean, we even trained uh, people Saturday how to lead our horse out in case Colleen falls down or I fall. We don't want the two problems. We don't want three problems. Nope. Communications between mm-hmm. team members. When I, If I have a cold the week before, I let them know because mm-hmm. if you're not back up to speed, you're going to dehydrate really quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you've been out partying on the town the night before, you're going to dehydrate really quick. Mm-hmm. And for the people out there, it's going to be listening to this program. If you start hydrating, what is it, George, three days prior to the, the extended walk? Well, it's not just hydration. It's also your diet too. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so true. It's, true. I mean – I would safely, I'm not a doctor, but I would safely say if you're going to go out and be active at any length of time in the summertime, you got to give yourself several days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just shows how fast it can, mm-hmm. it can change so mm-hmm. quickly, and you need to be prepared and ready for that. Yeah, for sure. And, and for the hikers out there, uh, we know you hike. You know, Southern Arizona is one of the busiest states in the country as far as people coming in, because they're from everywhere. Mm-hmm. We picked up people from England. It went to the top of Mount Lemmon, decided they're going to hike through to Sabino Canyon. And the lady kept telling me, and oh, I just it didn't look that far on the map. And she had no water. That was hot. That's one day that my horse actually overheated. 
and that's when we had to give them electrolytes on in the field and then you have to wait about 20 minutes if you'll drink water yeah i would say this too because i just thought of it and that's the way i roll um me too <laughs> i i think if you have a horse and if you're trail riding or if you're panning or you're doing working cow horse or barrel racing or whatever you do i think the more you expose your horse to the better the horse is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if you're having problems with kids at home give them a job right yeah it's the same thing with the horse if you want more out of that horse give him more things to do and i think that's really unique to our setting and search and rescue they mm -hmm. They know what it looks like when you put your uniform on and you go and get them out of the arena. They know what a helicopter sounds like. They know what radio traffic sounds like. And they get taken to a higher level than just someone that sits in the stall all day. They and know they, what a drone is, huh? And they know, yeah, we've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so, like you said, you want to add some more members. And because this is such a, you know, the combination of training and development of trust within the team itself and, you know, really becoming a member, I figure you don't have like a deadline necessarily for find. You just want to find the right people. That's right. Well, I think that's uh, it's about time to wrap up. Um, so for anyone who is interested in, applying and seeing if they could be a good fit for the Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue Team, where should they go? Uh, we have a website. It's www.samsaraz.org. That's S-A-M-S-A-R-A-Z.org. You'll find uh, pictures there. You'll find write-ups that we've done there. Um, there'll be the bylaws and uh, application all is there, and there's also a contact us. So when you hit contact us, it'll come right to me, and then I send it off to the, the uh, committee. We also have a Facebook page, and there's a lot of uh, information that I post there, um, the one that we all post there. Yeah, I would just say uh, to the community or people listening, if this is of interest to you, we meet every third Tuesday, Tuesday. of the month, 7 p.m. at uh, 49ers. Country okay. Club on yep. the Rincon Grill. So, you know, it's we'd love to have you come out, take a listen. Don't be intimidated. It is serious business. But before you get in the field and take the lead, we're going to make sure you got it all together. And we are a good group. Um, we all get along pretty good. We're professional. We have a lot of fun. But when we get down to it, we're serious. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, George, Colleen, and Jerry, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. This is wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate it. You have been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and that was Colleen Leone, George Hergett, and Jerry Simmons, founding members of SAMSAR, the Southern Arizona Mounted Search and Rescue. For more information, their website again is samsaraz.org, S-A-M-S-A-R-A-Z.org. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of our Lifestyle Tucson program, you can reach out to me, Riley, by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program or to listen back to something you've missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or espntucson.com.